0: Aloha, Penn Nation, welcome back to yet another edition of BJPenn.com Radio, The Fighter's Voice. As always, I'm your host, Jake Hinch. Pleasure to be here with you yet again. This is episode 114, and we have three awesome guests for your listening pleasure. First up, returning to the show after quite some time, pleasure to have him back, headlining UFC Ottawa on May 4th, the man himself, Raging Ally Aquinta. We're going to preview the fight with Cowboy, catch up a bit with him about the negotiations with the UFC and how everything has kind of made a 180 for his mixed martial arts career. Then, next up after Al, we'll be joined by one of the biggest winners from UFC Philly over the weekend. Coming back from a year long layoff from competition, getting a third round knockout victory. Of course, I'm talking about Josh Emmett. We're going to recap the win over Michael Johnson discuss what's next, and a whole lot more with him. And finally, closing out this episode, we'll be joined by UFC heavyweight super prospect and a man featured on the UFC Ottawa card on May 4th, the Kraken, Juan Adams. So let's waste no time, we'll get right into it. BJPenn.com, Radio the Fighter's Voice. First up, kicking things off, Ragin' Ally Aquinta. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show the gritty fan favorite, fourth-ranked lightweight in the UFC, the one and only Raging Ally Aquinta. Greatly appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today, Al. How is it going, man? It sounds like you had a little crazy mix-up with the doctors there.
1: Yeah, getting the medicals and, and everything in order, is it's always a scramble, you know, but I'm kind of getting them done a little early now, uh, so... I just got my vision back. I had my eye test. They dilated my pupils to make sure I don't have any scarring in my retinas or whatever. So I'm looking good. I'm looking good. I'm I'm uh, I'm feeling good, man. It's got, I guess, uh, about four weeks from Saturday. This sat this upcoming Saturday would be four weeks till uh till the fight May fourth. Donald Cerrone, a guy that's been around forever, a guy that's uh, been in the. He's fought. You know, win or lose, he's been in there with everybody pretty much in the fight game, and I've watched him since I've been growing up. So I'm looking, I'm looking forward to this one, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm feeling the best I've ever felt.
0: Well, I got to tell you, man, it's definitely an exciting matchup, and obviously there's a lot to discuss in that regard. But I wanted to catch up with you a bit first, if that's cool. Uh, last time we spoke, you were still stagnant with the UFC negotiations. You talked about retirement. You were focused solely on uh, the real estate hustle, so I wanted to pick up from there if we could. Uh, since then, you've had some great performances, and it seems like you know you're getting the matchups and opportunities that you deserve. How did things make that gradual 180 for you, in your opinion?
1: Uh, uh, a lot of it had to do with that when I when I fought Khabib. I think that um stepping in on short notice and putting on a fight, you know, that they liked was uh. You know sure it it I always knew what I was capable of, but I think it maybe opened their eyes and they saw maybe they they saw that oh, they might have something here with this aya Quinta kid <laughs> so they've been working a little they've been working with me a little more i've been I've had good meetings with them I think working with Hunter Campbell and Sean Shelby that we kind of got an understanding of of uh, they understand they understand kind of what what i'm about and i understand what they're about and how to get how to, even if we kind of disagree on things how to communicate in a way that is is um uh you Work, know
0: works for everybody exactly right yeah. so you guys are on the pro- same page productive,
1: a pro- productive is the word i was looking for we have productive conversations even if we're in dis- disagreement so it's good
0: now, would it be accurate to say that you know things are good for you right now in regards with MMA? Every, everything's on the up and up.
1: Yeah, things are good, man. Big win over Kevin Lee. Uh, I was an underdog going into that fight. I don't know why. Um, it was a fight that I, I thought, you know, I thought it was a good good matchup for me. I, obviously, he's tough. He's he's a strong, strong, uh, upcoming young hungry fighter. But I think I'm just. My experience and my youthfulness right now is both peaking at like the right time. I think this year, next year, the next like couple of years, I'm going to be, I want to be a, a tough fight for anybody. No, there's no, I, I always have been, but now it's just taking it to another level. There's nobody, and I think you're going to see me start to even turn it up on these guys a lot more. Um, I was out for a long time and now I'm in the, in the swing of things. I'm feeling good. Uh, staying active, you know, I've had, this will be my third fight in like a year, just about, you know? So, um, that's, it's just something that I haven't been been active. I, I came in on long layoffs and, um, still performed well. So now that I'm in there and I'm feeling healthy and I'm feeling, uh, you know just rolling them one one after another it's a good recipe right there
0: absolutely absolutely and i think that you're one of the you're one of the guys or, or the talents rather that that the company really should should be getting behind for all kinds of reasons you know everything that you just mentioned but just to stay with the negotiations here for a moment you certainly played hardball and really stuck to your guns uh, you also made you know your your complaint public and kept it pretty real, in my opinion. Do you think other guys in in a similar situation should take note of how you handled things? Like, like is there a light at the end of the proverbial ne- negotiation tunnel, if you will?
1: If you if you're really worth it, I think if you're really worth it, you you know, and you you're uh, you got to have the skill. You got to be you got to be a fighter. You can't talk shit and then go out there and shit the bed you know I think the reason it worked for me is because I went out there and I you know I had some complaints but they were valid because I was performing I was a performing uh, member uh, or you know I was an I don't know if you call it an employee but whatever it is you know right, I was right. I, I, per, I perform when I get in there so if you're going to complain you better be performing you can't you can't complain about stuff and then go out there and be a little a little sissy you know what i mean so i think that's that's the real difference you gotta you gotta be about it
0: Yeah, you gotta be an asset i mean i know you're at you're at the end of the day you're an independent contractor right but but you also want to be an asset to the company right
1: absolutely absolutely i mean that's that's the that's the whole thing you know it's basic economics supply and demand
0: that's it damn straight man well, they, I, I know, I know, right, we're still see, not. They
1: can get rid of you, they will. But if if you, you know, you keep winning and you can get eyes, you can help them out. They'll help you out, and I think that's kind of where we're at right
0: now. Right. Well, I know, still things still aren't where they where they need to be just yet when it comes to fighters getting what they deserve. But you know, one step at a time, I guess. But real quick, before we get into this upcoming bar and burner of a fight that you have booked here, is the real estate license still active? And, and how's that been going for you?
1: The real estate license is... I'm more active than it's been, ever been i was I accepted this fight maybe like two weeks ago and holy crap I, the first night I accepted the fight I almost I, I don't know I was like stressed out um because of the whole the there was so much going on on the real estate end of things and usually I like to have a little time to let things uh, process through and I don't really put on I don't really take on any more stuff. But this kind of just jumped right, jumped right into training hard uh, and still having to see through with a lot of the real estate stuff. So I kind of now, now I, now I've, I've got everything under control and it's full, you know, full uh, concentration on the, um, on the fight, but it's still good in my downtime. You know, I train in the morning, I train in the evening and in between I'm making phone calls, I'm up, I'm, staying up on the listings that I have, I'm, I'm making sure that the buyers that I was working with are seeing the houses with the agents that I recommended them to. Uh, so it's, it's good. It keeps me busy. It keeps my mind, you know, you don't want to be, just be all fight. Uh, you got to have something else to kind of take your mind off it. And then when you refocus in the fight, um, in training, you know, so it gets my my it's it's like a perfect combination. I can do it at my leisure, um, when I have a fight coming up. But i I made made some good money. It's
0: it's been paying off. It's been paying off for sure. Definitely, man. Definitely. Now the numbers I've seen lately <clears throat> are that uh you know home sales have been have been on the down nationwide. But I know in Rhode Island, most places go on the market and get scooped up pretty quickly. It sounds like the same. It's the same case in Long Island for you.
1: Yeah, it's still hot on Long Island. I haven't seen anything slowing down at all. They keep talking about it, but uh, house goes on the market, and if it's priced reasonably, you'll have multiple offers driving the, uh, you know, driving that price of the house over asking price. You get bidding wars. If you're a buyer right now, it's tough. You got to really be on top of things to to uh, to to find a house, and you got to be qualified. You gotta, you gotta have your all your ducks in order if you're a buyer because it's a, it's a fight out there to find a house, um, especially in certain price ranges here on Long Island. You know anything, anything around five hundred thousand dollars is going, with, you know, usually within the first week.
0: Right, right. It's the same here, the same here in Rhode Island, man. Like every house I see it that goes on market, it's like gone within within the week or a couple weeks. Yep. And like you said, the bidding wars. You see that more and more now. It's definitely tough out there for buyers, but I know I said this last time we spoke, and I can't commend you enough for it, man, for setting up things for after fighting. I think more guys are becoming wise to this, and it's nice to see, and you know, you're know, you kind of leading that charge. No, it's...
1: I was... Um, I don't know if you would call it uh, unfortunate, but it, I turned it into a positive uh, when I had that knee surgery, and that was kind of like left high and dry. I didn't really have any, I, 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 wasn't, you know, I didn't have, I couldn't fight. I couldn't make any money. So, um, I, I remembered when I bought my house, I enjoyed the process. Real estate's just, it's always, especially on long Island, they're not making any more land. You can't go out any
0: further,
1: right. <laughs> right. It, you know, where we are is where we are. And there's always going to be people buying and selling homes and I have a good, uh, I have a good sphere of influence and network of people through the gyms, through athletics, through just you know living on the island my whole life. My father is a, a high school um, phys ed teacher, a coach. My my mother, the same thing. So I have a a good network of people that um, believe in me, and when they're looking to sell their house, they trust that. Uh, I'll do the best job for them, and I always do. I work hard, just as hard as I work in the cage, in the in the office, and I I make uh, I make them happy, and it makes me happy. And then they refer me to their friends, and right it's a snowball effect that, like you said, will way outlive my fighting career.
0: Absolutely, all word of mouth. That's that's the best way to do it. But like you said, man, you know you're out there closing closing on deals, but you like to close out the fights as well. Fighting is what you're damn good at. And boy, do the fans really have a fun scrap to look forward to in Ottawa on May 4th. Give us your thoughts on this matchup with Cowboy. How you guys match up stylistically and, you know, uh, what this fight means for the fans.
1: Uh, Stylistically, I think that, like I said before, my youth and my experience is peaking both at the same time right now. I'm like, I'm like coming into my prime as far as physicality. And, um, my experience, I've been in there also with, uh, a bunch of to- the top guy, I've been in there with the best. So, um, you know, I think that Cowboys last fight, he fought a guy who was young, hungry, but he wasn't too experienced. And I think that showed as the fight wore on, that kid got into the second round and he kind of, he kind of melted. Um, I think that. I have the same uh, you know, that same hunger and that same drive right now, kind of on my way up. But I have the experience that he lacked. and I think that that's gonna be the difference in this fight is that I have both. I have the I have that that hunger, that drive, that youthful uh, you know ex- and the experience uh, is is what's gonna do it for me.
0: Now Cowboy, <clears throat> he's a huge name, been ranked for years, always brings the fight. Do you look at this as, as a big opportunity for you?
1: Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I mean, the last fight was a huge opportunity um, against Kevin Lee on Fox, closing out the Fox uh, deal, and now this one is on. It's on ESPN Plus. Cowboy's a huge name. I mean, he gets a huge pop in the arena. The, the fans cheer for that guy. Um, so people are going to be drawn to this ESPN Plus. I think the they're gonna uh, they're gonna sign up a lot of people because of this fight. I think this is a fight that uh, people will tune in to see and and uh, it, it gives some value to ESPN plus to have this fight on that network um, on the streaming service. So I'm looking forward to it and and yeah you're like you said he's been he's been around forever it's definitely uh, puts put me in the spotlight
0: for sure man for sure like you said I mean, Anybody with the pulse is excited for this one, and it sells itself. Um, Cerrone, very well-rounded, much like yourself. Both you guys are happy to go out there and sling leather until the bell rings or until somebody falls down. But that being said, do you anticipate a technical battle in this one or maybe a good old-fashioned slobber knocker to, to quote the great Jim Ross? Uh, I don't
1: know, man. It, I think it's going to be a pretty good fight. No matter how it goes, I'm going in there. I'm, I want to make it – I want to make it – Easy. I want to make it quick. I want to make it painless on my end. I just want to go out there and, and finish him in the first round. I think I have all the capabilities to do it. Um, I think his. The, I remember look watching the beginning of the fight uh, in his last one, and I was like, ah, oh, he's not looking. He's not looking too young. He's not looking like he wasn't. And then, but it, his experience pulled him through that one. And I think that uh, you know I'm going to be able to put it on him pretty quick. I'm'm I'm also ready and prepared that he is an experienced guy so he does hang in there he, th- there's there's been times where he's kind of cracked and I think that uh, for the most part he usually hangs tough and he's in there he's in there unless you really put him out but he does crack at times and uh, I'm looking I'm looking to get on him early make him crack but if he doesn't I'll be content to beat on him for all, all five rounds I'm in uh, I'm already in I mean, if this fight was next week, I'd be ready to go. I've, I've been training hard. I've, I just have a great formula with my team. The guys that I train with, it's like clockwork. It's enjoyable to go to the gym, to be with Ray Longo, Matt Serra, Aljamain Sterling, Marab, uh, all, you know, not for uh, we got a bunch of upcoming guys that are uh, in the regional circuit around my weight that are just animals, so... It's, it's a good time. It's a good time in the gym, and it's a good time for this fight. It's, it's Everything's coming together. I feel like it's a really good uh, – it's going to be really good.
0: Yeah, I got to say, man, uh, you guys really have something special over there with, with that team, and I, I think you see a lot of guys jump around in their careers trying to find that edge or find that perfect mix of, of what's going to bring them success, but at the end of the day, I feel like it's it's all about the loyalty and sticking with who you're comfortable with, right?
1: Yeah, it's everyone's different. It's what really what, uh, what what works for you, and this is we have a great system. We have a great, uh, we have a great, just we have it. We have everything, so it's uh, it's just
2: it's it's perfect.
0: Now, I'd imagine there's a lot of mutual respect between yourself and Donald. Neither of you guys are, are really big in a trash talk that style of promotion. I don't anticipate anything like that for this one. And I'm sure, is that almost like a breath of fresh air for you?
1: Yeah, but you got to be careful with that guy. I don't know. He, think, he, he was trying to get real buddy-buddy real with me at the uh, at the um, on-sale tour when we went to Toronto to sell the tickets. He was asking me a bunch of questions about real estate and stuff. And I was giving him, like, Walmart answers. Like, all right, bro. We're not, let's not get too friendly. I, I know he's like. Those are the fights that he like. He likes that. Like, oh, you know, kind of like tries to fool you into thinking, oh, we're gonna have like a nice fight. It ain't gonna be a nice fight. I'm fucking going after him. So that you know that it, it's gonna be all respect, but I'm not gonna be like hugging his grandma after and like, oh, good fight, that was great. You know, I'm talking going in there to, he he's he, he wants the same shit I want, and I want it more. So I'm going out there to take it. It's not going to be like, uh, fucking a Yancy Medeiros fight. It's going to be it's going to be where I'm in his face the whole time. There's no glow no, no like hugging in between knockdowns and shit like
0: that. That's funny you say that. So it's almost like him him picking your brain at, at the uh, at the on sale ticket event. You feel like he was maybe trying to play some mind games with you.
1: Uh, yeah, kind of. I don't know. He just. I think he, yeah, he was just like feeling stuff out. He just wants to. I, he, I, he doesn't. He's got no idea where my head's at. Definitely, he couldn't. He doesn't know what to make of me because I was just, you know, I was one second I was giving him one-word answers. One second I was kind of answering his questions. So I, I was really um, dictating everything. So
0: All right, you, 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 walked out of there with the upper hand.
1: I don't. I mean, I don't know about the upper hand. I'm just. I'm walking out of there, me, I don't think it's like, it wasn't like we were really competing during an interview, but, you know, I think he he realizes I'm, I'm for real. I'm not, I'm not buddy, buddy, friend stuff. He's, it's definitely not with him, now.
0: Right. Now the goal, of course, is always the title. You've already taken out Kevin Lee. You gave Khabib uh, one of the toughest fights he's had, if not the toughest fight he's had. Does a win over Cerrone does that set you up for the title shot when all the dust settles, or do you need another uh, another win this year? In your opinion,
1: uh, it, you never know. It could be one. It depends how I win. It depends what happens with everybody else. It's it, the division's crazy right now. So I'm, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm just. I just know I got to go out there. No matter what, I got to go out there and I got to perform. So, um. That's really that's really what I'm gonna do. That's it.
0: Now, last time we spoke was before everything played out in Brooklyn last year. I know you kind of touched on this before, but looking back on that fight with Khabib, do you think that was the big turning point for your career?
1: Yeah, no, it definitely put me out there. It put me in uh, put me up. People uh, respected the performance, and it got me. It got me. Uh, you know, got me in front of everybody. So it was good. It would have been better if I won the fight, obviously. But um, I think it's set up for the possibility of, you know, people understand. I took the fight. I wasn't even training for the guy. I was training for somebody totally different. And, um, yeah, I think it's just, uh, it's it's helped me. It's, I, I want, you know, a lot of, I think, for some guys, they fight a guy like that, and they come out, and they're actually, like, broken and, and worse off. Um, but for me, I think I definitely learned from the experience and gotten better from it.
0: Right, right. Absolutely. Now, what would you do differently in a, in a potential rematch with Khabib? Oh, I'd I
1: beat him, and I'd beat him. I'd I beat him not just, like, try to land a punch, you know? I go out there and I I'd, I'd wrestle I'd I'd uh, I'd really just go for it more. I feel like I was I was a little reserved. Uh, the five rounds I had never even like really gone five rounds. Trained for five rounds, so that was in the back of my head. I didn't really want to exert myself uh, like crazy because uh, I had been sparring three rounds, and at the end of the three rounds, I was getting pretty exhausted. So um, it was just a it was uncharted territory and. Um, Now I'm, I five rounds is to my advantage. The longer the fight goes, the better it is for me. So I think that it'll it'll be an advantage now. Whether where that was being five rounds, that fight it was a little bit of a disadvantage.
0: Right. So it's you you'd be very confident going into a rematch now.
1: Absolutely, especially if I had the time. If I had even just like five weeks to prepare. But if you give me if you gave me like a ten week camp for a for a Khabib fight. And, um, you know, I, I had the time to prepare for him, for his style, um, prepare my mind. You know, obviously he would be doing the same thing, but I think that, um, I would, I would, uh, I would, I would make, make way more of an improvement than he would.
0: Absolutely. Now there's still a lot of uncertainty in the division at the moment, the Ferguson situation, Poirier versus Holloway for the interim title. The possibility of Connor getting a, an unwarranted rematch with Khabib. If Ally Aquinta was running the show, how does this all play out? Uh, I don't know,
1: man. If I was running the show, huh? I don't know. I'd give, I'd give, I'd, I'd beat, if I was running the show, I'd beat Cerrone and then I'd give myself.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: you told me I'm running this show, so it's my show. Right, right. No, that's
0: that's the best possible answer. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, I if I was running the show, I'd put McGregor and there would Brock Lesnar, <laughs> and then um, who else? Tony Ferguson. I don't know. Uh, I don't really want. I, I feel like he's I don't know. He's still like posting weird things, so I feel like I can like talk shit about him. Because, but I don't know. He's kind of. It seems like he kind of went a little crazy, so I don't really want to talk about him too bad. Because right, right. Scary. No, that's that's a
0: sticky situation for sure.
1: Kind of scary, but um, yeah. I wouldn't if I was in charge. I would. I would definitely have him see a psychiatrist, and um then go from there, see where his head's really at. Cause I don't know. He's seen, he's always been, he's always been like very weird, but maybe it sounds like it's maybe a little different now. So I don't know. I try to take care of that guy the best I could. If I was in charge, um, probably Max versus Dustin, the winner of that, the winner of that would probably fight one more time. And then, and then fight um, the winner. You know, the interim belt fight. Maybe, maybe even I would fight the winner of that, and then um, the winner of that fights Khabib.
0: So, Kar- in, in a perfect world, I mean, you're 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 one you're one fight away from a title shot, whether it be against the interim title or the rematch with Khabib.
1: Yeah, I think it went over. A win over. Cerrone does that for me. I've, I've, I, I, uh, I. You know, Conor, Conor, he uh, had all the time in, in the world to prepare for Khabib. He tapped out. He didn't. You know, he didn't even like me and Khabib could still be fighting. I say, I keep saying that like we could still be fighting today. You know what I mean? Right. And no, one, no one finished anybody. We could just go five minutes for five minutes for five minutes. Uh, Connor's like he's dead. If the ref didn't stop, he gave up and he like he he's dead. So he never made a comeback. He never beat anybody. I went out there and beat Kevin Lee, and McGregor is not. I don't think he's beating Kevin Lee. I don't think it's happening. And then now I'm fighting Cerrone. So I think I've earned it way more than that guy. I mean, it's just I think that you're got you. You're a fighter. you gotta make, You got to fight. you got to get in there. you got to work your way back. You can't just, you know, he didn't give anybody a rematch. That guy gave nobody a rematch. You know what I mean? He has never defended a title. He's he's. I don't think he's is. First off, I don't think he was ever. He got favorable matchups. Um, really the whole way. He, he never fought a, a lightweight contender. He fought Eddie Alvarez, who you know. I mean, Eddie Alvarez is great, but you kind of see he's his last fight. His last, you know, he's not he's not at the peak of his thing right now. So I think Connor's he's uh, he's been he's been blessed to be in the position that he's in and I think that right now is a tough time for him because he's either going to have to face Khabib again, and hey, I don't think it's going to go his way, or he's going to have to work his way up, and and he's never done that before, really. He's been given favorable matchups, and, and that's why he was kind of going after Cerrone. He gets a favorable. So it's, his stock's not as high as he thinks it is. He's coming off a loss, and I don't know. I think he's uh, he's struggling. I think he's just struggling inside. he, he He's, uh He's got that legal trouble. He's got a lot of shit going on in his life. There's uh allegations of other things down the pipeline. Yeah, pump, some crazy stuff
0: there. You know?
1: so, and this is a guy that could have been like the LeBron James of uh, of the UFC. Very similar stories in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, where they came from. He's probably, I don't know, he might have embellished that whole poverty story a little more than it was. But he was definitely not a you know he was not a a wealthy person growing up and he turned himself into he got he, he had a you know a girl that he was with from from day one it seems like uh, lebron I had like a high, high school sweetheart and nah, and lebron's never been in any trouble he's never had any scandals Connor gets a little bit of fame and all that talk about doing the right thing and being a martial artist all went out the window he starts throwing things through buses he starts smashing cell phones he's uh you know i don't know if he's doing the right things by the people that are close to him he's probably hurting a lot of people so i don't know i don't really like the guy anymore i think he was he was he, got, he was onto something but now he's kind of falling apart and when that happens it's sad to see but you know what it works out for me so i'm not it's so good
0: no I, I agree with you man i agree with you and the, the thing that's really always bothered me with the situation is that because he brings that viewership and that money power to the to the table, it's like he's gonna get. Like I said earlier, a rematch with Khabib is unwarranted, but there's a really good chance he's gonna get it, which is a friggin' shame.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So, I agree. Yeah. I agree. But it's uh you know, we'll see what happens.
0: Absolutely, one of the one of these days we'll get you behind the wheel and and steer the ship in the right direction, right?
1: That's it, man. Son <laughs> me up. Dana White can't. He can't. He's. I think. It can't work forever no. so but throw true. me in there throw me in there coach let me run this ship
0: <laughs> alright listen now. Al, uh, always a pleasure speaking with you and greatly appreciate the time today man just a couple more questions here real quick before we wrap this up that parody account of you on Twitter I find that thing to be absolutely hilarious and, and kudos to you for always retweeting it you you clearly have a great sense of humor are you secretly behind that account?
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish I was. It, it's such a compliment when people say that. Oh, I follow you on. I follow you on Twitter. You're so funny with the real estate stuff. And I'm like, um, is it the is it my account, the verified one, or is it the not one? I can't believe people still fall for it. People still really think it's me. He he always sends me when people DM him about you know they they want information about selling a house or be, uh, people reach out all the time and I give I give some you know whatever advice i can or you know if i can refer them to somebody in their area i do that so uh but no the guy is absolutely fucking hysterical and he has a great knowledge of real estate he's got uh he's he's awesome
0: no kidding so the guy behind that is actually like a real estate guy
1: no no he's not even i think he's just he's just a smart dude he he runs a couple of Parry accounts, and he just knows what. Uh, he's very into MMA. He's very into. Uh, he's sold you know houses. He he's bought houses himself and and sold his own houses. So he, he's I guess I don't know whether he was in the mortgage business for a little bit, but he he knows what the hell's going on. I'll tell you what, if if uh, if he was living on Long Island, I would I would do whatever I could to uh, get him working work with him in any capacity because he's uh he's, he's on point with everything for sure
0: cool cool well i again i just wanted to touch on that because I, I find it absolutely hilarious and again uh you know you you having the 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 retweets on everything it just lends itself to you having a great great sense of humor as well but getting back to may 4th in ottawa what's the official prediction if you have one and I, I mean, everybody knows that if you have a Pulse, you want to tune in for this, but why does everybody need to make sure that they sign up for ESPN Plus?
1: Uh, well, I mean, the, the, the lightweight division is so crazy right now. A big win for anybody could put you right up there, um, and, and this is the kind of fight that can do that. So, um, Donald Cerrone's... I mean, people, I don't really need to sell. I don't think I need to like, sell this fight. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to fight just like I fight everybody. I'm going after the guy. I'm young. I'm hungry. I'm I'm, uh, I'm experienced. And and I don't know if he's he's not looking too young. So he's a great fighter. I'm going to have to be on point. I know this, but I am going to be. And it's it's going to be a great night for me.
0: And finally, in conclusion, do we finally see Ally Aquinta with the championship belt wrapped around his waist, by the end of 2019,
1: by the end of 2019, I'm going to be the UFC lightweight champion. I say there's a, I say you can put your money on it.
0: Awesome, man. Again, thanks for the time today. Hopefully, we can catch up again when the fight draws near. Any shout-outs, sponsor plugs, the real estate business, anything you want, man. The floor is yours.
1: ISO Spec is a great CBD company that that um, I've been working with for a little bit now. Um, I, they sent me, they sent me a few. Of their products, I started using it, and it's the, the CBD is uh, it's been working for me. So I use ISO Spec. Uh, we we uh, uh, we got a great relationship with those guys. So definitely check him, check him, check them out if you want. If you sore, if you're hurt, you know some bruises and bumps. You throw some of their uh, products on the CBD, and you feel great the next day. Um, American Ethanol has been had my back for a while uh that's about it man i think uh raging out realty at yahoo.com if you want to sell or buy a house anywhere in the united states i can help them out just uh serious inquiries only no bullshit i got I time
0: i'm very, right. uh,
1: very very busy person i got a big fight coming up and a lot of houses to sell so uh serious inquiries only but I, if you want to just say hi go ahead I'll say hi
0: back. <laughs> well, you're a good man for that. Um, again, brother, thank you. I hope we can uh, we can chat before the fight. Uh, been an absolute pleasure. You enjoy your day, and uh, have a fantastic training camp, man. Very much looking forward to this one on May 4th in Ottawa.
1: Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much.
0: All right. Take it easy, Al. You too. Bye. Later. For me personally, Al is one of the coolest guys in the business, one of the realest guys in the business as well. An intelligent cat, both in and outside of the cage. And what a scrap he has coming up with Donald Cowboy Cerrone on May 4th in Ottawa on ESPN+. But let's keep it moving. BJPenn.com Radio, The Fighter's Voice. Coming up next, Team Alpha Male staple, big winner from over the weekend at UFC Philly, Josh Emmett. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show one of the big winners from UFC Philly over the weekend coming off a sensational knockout win following a hiatus from competition. Of course, I'm talking about Josh Emmett. Thanks, as always, for the time today, Josh. How are you doing, man?
3: I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm, uh, it was, uh, everything went according to plan. I couldn't have, uh, wrote the weekend any better besides not getting a bonus. Um, (laughs) other than that, you know, everything's going great.
0: Yeah, that was that was something I wanted to touch on here in a minute. But real quick, are, are you already back in Cali, and did you enjoy your time in Philadelphia?
3: Yeah, I actually, uh, my wife and I got back late last night. So we, uh, yeah, it was it, it was awesome, man. The uh, fight week was was great. It was like one of the best uh, weight cuts I've had so far. Um, another thing was with like the Performance Institute and Trifecta doing all the. Uh, you know for the big ESPN cards and pay-per-views they have the the chef come out and they give us all of our meals, um, supplementation, hydration. That was amazing. And then yeah, I always try to stay in town for a few extra days just to kind of do some sightseeing because I don't want really get to do much uh, during fight week. So
0: right.
3: after after the fight um had some friends and everything and and my wife and my mom and aunt we actually drove to dc we uh we saw a bunch of things and then we uh we just kind of checked out philadelphia ate our way through the the city and, and saw a lot of historical stuff
0: that's awesome man a lot of history in philly and of course it's uh definitely a fight city as well
3: yes yeah, so it was it was cool. It was, it was a little cold, you know, but I guess the the weather is definitely getting warmer for them out there. Right. But for us, uh, <laughs> people out here in, uh on the West Coast, it, it's pretty uh, it's still pretty chilly. So.
0: Right. Right. Very good. Well, first of all, congrats on congrats on the huge win, man. Not many guys can come back after a layoff like you had against a guy like Johnson and put a performance on like you did, scoring that KO in the final minute of the fight. Overall, man, how happy are you with that win?
3: Yeah, I'm super excited. It's uh, that's what I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to test myself against you know a tough veteran, Michael Johnson. Like I've said before, he he, he beat some of the best. He's fought the best. Uh, he has a huge following. He's been in the game for a long time, and I, I, that's that's why I wanted that fight because it was such a a big fight for me. And, and I knew me coming out of the gates, 13 months on the sidelines, I knew that would excite the fans it excited me to train harder for it and i knew it put me right back in the mix uh with a big or a great performance let alone the way i uh, put him away
0: right put the stamp on it at the end of the fight did michael do anything in there that surprised you at all
3: no not not at all um the thing is, too, I I give my opponents everyone I everyone that fights, everyone that goes into the you know the the cage or octagon, whether it's in the UFC or just in a, you know regional scene. Like I give everyone a lot of respect, but for my opponents that I fight, I watch them, I watch all their fights. I do like my scouting, and and I always give them. My coaches say too much uh, respect, just because I, I've seen some things he's done. So I thought he was going to just be. I, or I know he's fast, you know. You, we see that in the fights. We know he's fast. We know he has some pop on those punches with all the knockouts. Um, but but I really don't know how it's going to feel until I get in there and, and see it and feel it myself. And and that's the thing. So I, I got in there, and then I was just kind of filling him out. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be reckless in there. Um, I didn't want to get caught with something. So I was just just playing it, you know, extra cautious. And, and that's one of the things that you know i've been working on with my coaches and everything they're like you need to just go in there and be prepared just to fight the whole 15 minutes see everything instead of me just trying to get into a fight and just throwing all recklessly and then and then that's when it's kind of like a coin flip you know what i mean it's like 50 50 so i just kind of stuck to the game plan the whole time i knew he'd be talking and doing this type of stuff but as, as far as that goes like i i i didn't think he hit hard and and i I thought he would be a lot faster, but my reaction, i saw everything, and uh, yeah, it was—it was just picture perfect.
0: So the overall for the going into this fight for you, it sounds like a lot of it had to do with patience and and the preparation for this one.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and, and that's that's what it's so hard for me because I I feel like even going into it, they're like, just keep moving, don't worry about the crowd, they'll be booing you, and, and I always play off the crowd so when the crowd starts booing me I'm like damn I'm not doing anything so I right. want to get him start swinging and, and get him on their feet and get him excited and and so they're like don't worry about that and, and I thought it was still a pretty technical fight I watched the fight and we were just kind of filling each other out both respected each other a lot because I, I I knew at any point he could finish the fight and he knew I could finish the fight so I think there was a lot of respect in that and we were just <laughs> just trying to see who who we could Get to kind of like bite on something and then and then land a big shot,
0: right? And and not to mention the fact that you you guys were both really really looking for the win there. Of course, you coming back, Michaels had 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 some trouble at featherweight. Uh, but people always talk about ring rust, ring rust. And and the last time you and I spoke, you were confident about that not being an issue an issue because of you know how often you uh, have been in the gym during this layoff. But was it a factor at all for you early in the fight? Did it it take some time for you to get the rhythm back? That's kind of what it sounds like to me.
3: Yeah, like as far as ring rest, I I don't know. I I didn't feel like I had any, but I was just, um, I don't know. It was... uh, he's just a little he's, he's a little difficult he does he does a lot of stuff where he's just trying to like throw his hands out there with no power to get me to overcommit, and then he, he's really good at movement like he'll step back or you know pull and, and fire that left uh cross so i, I was aware of all that so I, I don't know i was just i was just being extra precautious and uh other than that, I felt like it was just a little bit of a slow start. I still feel like I won the first round. I gave him the second, and then even when I was in the corner, my coaches were telling me, like, you need to go out there and have a big third round. Like, who cares? Like, we, we fought 10 minutes. Let's go in there and just, just let it all go. You know, go for look for the finish and just, just open up. And then I was like, okay. And so I knew I had to go in there and, and, and win the third round.
0: <laughs> you did just that. Like I said earlier, put the stamp on things. Dominic Cruz was talking about how you were looking great in the third, but he was giving the fight to Johnson at that point. I know you said you felt like you won the first, you were confident that he won the second, but right when he said that, you landed the huge the huge right hand. Did you feel like you needed the finish in the fir- in the third round, or you were confident that you had the first?
3: Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I'm always looking for the finish. Um. So, so like I said, in the, the first and second round, I was kind of filling him out, and then they told me I need a big, third round so i was going out there and everything i was throwing had bad intentions behind it and and the thing is that he was getting i felt like johnson was doing really well at keeping his distance and then he uh he started to get a little more comfortable, you know, in, in the third round, and, and he was he wasn't keeping that distance as well. He was getting closer and closer to me, and, and so that's exactly why I kept like changing levels and just I wasn't even trying to get those takedowns. I was just trying to get him to think about me taking him down and keep changing levels. And, and I saw him; he kept dropping his left hand when I would jab him to the body, or I would uh, throw that cross to the body. He kept dropping that left hand, so that's why I fainted. I got outside of his lead leg and then I changed levels and he thought I was going to throw across to the body and he dropped that left hand and I just threw it right over the top to his chin just cause I was, I was in range. Um, but yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. He was just, he was getting, he wasn't as cautious in the third round. He was just opening up he kind of had it in the bag and, and he wasn't moving, you know, getting out like he was in the first and second. He was, he was, uh, he was not trying to let me get inside. He wasn't trying to be close to me and exchange big punches in the pocket. But then in the third round, he he kind of all that was out the out the window, and he, he kind of fell away from his game plan, I believe.
0: So it really was a kind of tactical chess match, you know, all the way to the end.
3: Oh, for sure, yeah. I I knew he comes out hard in the first round, and then uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like that exhausting of a fight because we were just kind of moving in and exactly just trying to see how we would react to each other so it wasn't like a, a dog fight i feel like the rounds we did like the pace we were going at man I, I could have done 10 of those rounds but but i did get into stop thinking about the power and 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 i was i was watching everything he was doing and that's one of the things that we've been working on obviously southpaw against orthodox i have to get outside that lead leg, and uh i i was just kind of baiting him with all those those level changes the the fit ends or takedowns whatever you want to call them right and then and then i kept jabbing and, and throwing that cross to the body and I kept seeing his left hand drop so I knew it was just a matter of time and then it was like the the, the perfect moment I got outside and, and mixed them all up and he dropped that hand and I threw it right over the top
0: now the last time we spoke when we had you on the show you had predicted that big overhand right for the finish if I'm not mistaken but I found it interesting to hear that you willed that finish into reality with a mind coach prior to the fight tell us about that
3: yeah I've, I've worked with a mind coach for about three years. And, and it's just something that I, I do. It's, it, it's, uh, it's almost like, um, he just puts you into these trances and we do a lot of visualization and it's, uh, man, it, it, it's super just, just interesting. I, I, I can't really explain it. Like how he, uh, he puts me through all these scenarios and I'm, I'm it's before the fight, like I'm warming up. So I see everything, you know, I'm walking to the cage. He puts me in the cage. We see the finish that exact same thing over and over and over again. He, he puts me in my coach's corner watching the fight. I'm above, uh, I'm above the octagon watching the fight. I feel it. You know, I feel the, um, the excitement. I hear the crowd and, and just how everything feels. And he we put, he puts me an hour, you know after the fight celebration with my, my wife my friends everything we go through all these scenarios multiple times throughout the camp and it's it's uh, it's almost like a, a hypnosis type of thing and, and and it's worked in the past for me and and it just it continues to um, to work he's, he's a great guy and another thing that I feel and I don't know if we talked about this last time I was on the show but it's um, I the whole time I was off I was working on this supplement um, with my doctor and nutritionist called mastermind and that is like that's one of the main credits I, I I give to that about getting me back to training and and let alone getting me to the fight
0: actually no I I don't I don't think I don't think we touched on that but uh let's let's definitely save that for the end to absolutely plug it tell all the listeners what it's all about but <clears throat> it, it almost sounds to me like have you ever had like an outer body experience in a fight? You going going through all that visualization and the lead up.
3: Um, no, not so much a outer body experience, but I. Uh, but the thing is, when I go in there, I've already seen the fight. I've already, right. I've already been through the fight, and so it's uh, it's kind of like you know you hear Tyson a long time ago talking about it, like as he gets closer to the cage, he's getting more confident, all this type of stuff. Um, it's the same thing. Like as I'm getting closer to the octagon and walking up there, I, I'm, you know, I, am never nervous to fight. I'm never excited either. It's just, uh, it's kind of like, it's, you know, you're like clocking in for work, All right, but, state. Uh, but I can, I can definitely flip the switch when I get in there and it's, uh, yeah, but it's crazy because I've, I've already seen everything. And and, and I, I do so much things, not even just working with him. I've, I've always done a lot of visualization. And, and I put myself in good positions, bad positions. I, I do literally everything, every outcome that you can think of. I always put myself in there. I, I finish the fight by knockout, TKO, submission, decision, split decision. Um, but I always, at the end, get my hand raised. And, and one thing that helps me a lot that I've just... I, I do is before I fight, I accept the fact that okay, this is gonna be this fight was fifteen minutes. I accept that this is gonna hurt, but but I'm okay with that. Like I literally and I've shown it before with injuries and and things that I've had to overcome during fights. Like I'm willing to honestly go through anything. Like I, I know that I I can. You're gonna to have to put me out to, to finish me. I, I will never cower away. I won't like just cover up and let let someone win. I, I feel like you see that all the time when people break or they won out of the fight. I will never do that. Um, but because I I'm I accept that I'm gonna go through hell and, and whether that means broken bones, whether that means you know huge cuts, whatever it is, I'm okay with that because I put in so much hours of training and for me. It's just disappointing if I even just think of fight week. I cut weight for 30 hours from <laughs> right, Tuesday. right, and that's because I do afternoon and, and evening sessions and I go for you know three hours at a time. So from Tuesday till like Friday morning before I hit the scale, I, I worked out for like 30 hours. So for me, even just during fight week, to cut 30 hours of like working out and then me going there and not not go the whole 15 minutes because I get hurt or something, I would be so pissed at myself. So And then let alone all the hours that I put in, you know, in the training camp, hundreds and hundreds of hours. So that's why I'm, I'm okay with whatever happens in 15 minutes. I accept that. And I, I don't think a lot of people do that, you know what I mean? It's uh, There's nothing that's going to stop me from uh, getting a win, a, a broken hand, broken finger, whatever you have
0: it. Yeah, I got to say, uh, it's an interesting perspective to hear because, you know, the mind is such a powerful thing and it plays such a big role in combat sports. The will to win, that's undeniable. But I'd imagine that having this kind of mindset, that that really helps with that ring rust issue like we were talking about earlier, right? Like that was not going to be a factor for you. You've been there. You've done this, uh, you know, 100 times or whatever.
3: Yeah, and, I, and I, exactly. And I just have to be just have to be patient you know and and my coaches are always telling me like just don't go don't go out there and force things because that's when it doesn't it doesn't come but when you're just kind of in a flow state um and I'm just you know even we do a lot of like light touch sparring and stuff like that and and just drills when I get in that state man it feels like if I just connect and it's it's just a soft punch or kick whatever it is like they're like you they tell. They always tell me. I'm always the hardest critic on myself. But they say you have so much power. You have no idea. Even if, even if I barely touch someone, and I don't have a hard, you know, hard fist. It's like my hands kind of loosely open, and I'm just kind of touching with the knuckles. It's like you have so much power. So just go out there and flow, and, and touch, and, and and the knockout will come. Like I don't have to like use every, you know, muscle in my body and clench up and throw. And that's that's usually when it doesn't come because they see right.
0: it. Right. Now, I got to say, you know, speaking of the knockout and the power that you carry, there were some great fights and finishes on that card. But with all the circumstances considered, your layoff and everything, the way you put him away at the end of the fight, I was really surprised that you did not snag a bonus.
3: Yeah, I think everybody was. Like, people are, um, yeah, everyone's hitting me up saying, like, oh, you didn't get the bonus? I'm like, no. And and they're, they're surprised. They thought it was, like, a for-sure thing. People are telling me it's, like, one of the best knockouts of the year. And then, then I see the UFC then puts up uh, who had the best knockout in, in March, and it was like Pettis, Masvidal, Gaethje, and me. They all got bonuses. I didn't. Like, how, how can you have the the best knockout of the year so far? And and it was the cleanest, too. And don't get me wrong, all those knockouts and finishes were great, um, but they also had to, to follow up. Right. I feel like right. mine was – <laughs> It's just I hit him once, and he's out before he's before he even starts falling. You know what I mean? And I can just walk away. And, and that happened with the Llamas fight. And I feel like that's a lot more impressive than you know following up. It's just <laughs> that, that's a knockout to me. And, yeah, it's, it, it's super disappointing. I, I don't know what else I have to do. I've, I've never got a bonus, and, and I feel like I can make an argument to a handful of fights that I should have got bonuses and I continue to get stiffed. And, uh, yeah, I really don't know how to get one. It's uh <laughs> a pretty good point. <laughs> well, right,
0: I every, to, like, everything, somebody. everything you've already done. Like, like you said, that all lends itself to somebody that should have a bonus several times over. And I saw that same graphic best knockout of March. You were certainly included. Do you feel like maybe you have to kind of almost approach the brass or maybe talk to Dana White? Like, Hey man, I get there was a lot of finishes on this card, but, you know, you guys have snubbed me quite a few times here. Yeah,
3: no, for sure. I I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I, maybe he didn't see the fight. He wasn't there. So, I, I'm not sure if he if he saw it and, you know, how they, they vote for the performance bonuses. But even, yeah... I believe, you know, Gaethje gets one. That's, a, that's an awesome win for him. But there, there's four bonuses. I, I don't know how that was really fight of the night. It was a two-and-a-half-minute fight, and Gaethje kind of put it on. And, yeah, they had some good exchanges. But then the the other guys, you know, I, 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 I don't get it. You know, I, I feel like mine was the uh, – the best finish of the night like the the most violent the most just like i just made a statement right. and against such a tough guy and and not even going back to like everything i went through and everything or just the fight it's just the i don't know just the the third round i i thought it was a technical fight like people that know the sport of mixed martial arts that you know they were showing me love and like oh that was a great like super technical fight but then there's people that are like oh they didn't do anything like he said I was just losing for 14 minutes I was like (laughs) George I don't know but yeah I really don't know what I have to do and and hopefully man I'm hoping Dana White can he's probably seeing all this I see people tagging him all over the place on Twitter and Instagram and things like that um, about me not getting it and so I know he's seeing it so I'm, I'm just I hope I hope he can make it right I'm still staying trying to stay positive and and maybe he'll come through you've seen it in the past and he'll just say hey we made a mistake here's a here's a bonus Josh so I'm uh I'm wishful for that but you know we'll, we'll see
0: well we'll certainly join the campaign for you in that respect my friend but looking at looking ahead now I know the title is what you're after but what's your next step do you have any opponents in mind
3: yeah it's never like really calling anyone out it's just kind of i'm always curious who the ufc will offer me um i I do like i said before i want to fight people in front of me or if it's a bigger name fighter you know and that's that's kind of how we went with michael johnson you know i got offered someone in front of me they got injured they threw out michael johnson's name with a few other people and and that's the one that like i I gravitated towards just because he was such a big name so uh it's kind of, that's the same mindset. I, I just, uh, yeah, people in front of me or unless they throw out like a, a big name that is just really exciting for me and the fans.
0: I know ideally you'd be looking for a guy coming off a win, but this guy is ahead of you and, and I'm sure you'd entertain the idea of a, of a rematch with Jeremy Stevens if possible, right?
3: Yeah. And, and that's what, you know, I, I feel like he's, he's one spot in front of me, but, uh, depending on who's fighting and stuff and, yeah we'll kind of see i I haven't really talked to my managers my coaches about anything but um i definitely want to get back in there and 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 have some big fights and uh kind of see what plays out
0: now aside from jeremy i know you're not into calling anybody out but what's the most intriguing matchup for you stylistically you know either one that you know you dominate or be very confident in or just a fun fight for the fans in your opinion
3: Yeah, I I don't know. I I feel like everyone in the top 10 is good. Everyone in the UFC, you're not going to have any easy fights. So I just feel like everybody is so – man, everyone is so good. And and obviously as you get higher up in competition, it gets even tougher. So, uh, man, I I really don't know. I I think anyone in front of me would be just uh, stylistically be a good matchup. And it's just everyone's fighting style – it's so different that it's just, it's like a different game plan for everyone. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I really, honestly, really haven't given it much thought. You know, I just got back late last night. True, and, true, uh, true. I was decompressing and, and not really thinking about it, but right. but I'm sure I will get something soon. I, I want to fight in June or July. I would like to fight in July on international fight week in Vegas. Um, but I know a lot of the guys in front of me also have fights coming up. So I'm just kind of, Curious to kind of see what what plays out, and then what you know what Sean offers me. That's kind of the route I usually go. He usually offers me a fight, and I take it. So um,
0: now you you've obviously got some lost time to make up for. Now that's the turnaround time that you're looking for. You want June or July? You know, would you, would you possibly be interested in getting there, getting in there a little sooner? Or yeah, yeah,
3: you know, depending on what's. I, I plan on getting back in the gym, uh, you know, next week. So. I want to stay active I want to stay consistent and that's the thing you know a lot of people say they they fight because they want to be the best in the world and all this type of stuff they don't fight for the money I want to be the best in the world I believe I'm one of the best but a hundred percent I fight for the money like I'm only doing this for the money too you know and so that's that's one thing that's why I'm so disappointed about not getting a bonus because I, I hadn't fought for 13 months I had a, a, a tough year, not only like physically, but financially as well. And so
0: that's yeah, why I, I know we to talked about that last there. time, man. That's a big burden to deal with, man.
3: Yeah, so that's why I wanted to get back in there. And then when I when I knocked out Johnson, I'm like, you know, I, I was going to to Philadelphia to get three checks. I was going to get my show, my win, and a bonus. And then when I knocked him out, when Uriah and Danny and you. Uh, Joey came up, I said, finally, like I cannot I finally got a bonus. Like I was a hundred percent confident that I was getting a bonus and, and then I then I ended up not getting it. So that's why that's why I do that. Like hundred percent for the money is why I fight. And with that, you know, my legacy and, and being the best in the world will come, but that's that's why I do it. I'm I'm one of the guys that, you know, I'm not just doing this to fight and I heard someone else saying the other night like they just want to fight in their hometown, they'll do it for free. Uh, yeah. There's no way in hell I'll, I'll fight <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> if that's not me. I, I'm doing it for the money. So
0: yeah, I mean, Hey man, it is prize fighting and you're, and you're trying to earn a living here. So I would agree with you hundred percent on that. All right. All right. Well, Josh, listen, man, you've been more than generous with your time. As always, we greatly appreciate it. Very much looking forward to all the 2019 has in store for you. And you kicked off this comeback in style, my friend, but in conclusion, Tell all the fans out there what they what they can expect from you in your next outing and for the remainder of 2019.
3: Yeah, so uh, yeah, like I said, I'm just trying to be as active as possible. I want to get minimum two more fights this year if I stay healthy and everything goes well. Three would be great. Um, they can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Josh Emmett UFC, and I have a fan page Josh Emmett. And then another thing they can they can. I just launched my website, it's joshemmett.com, and that's where I developed uh, a -a one-of-a-kind powerful supplement with my doctor nutritionist called Mastermind, it's kind of like a A four-in-one type of thing. It has a a brain booster that improves memory, restores focus. It protects the integrity of the brain cells. And then another portion of it is anti-inflammatory, not just for the brain, but for the entire body and joints. It has an energy enhancement agent in there that uh, you you sustain energy throughout the entire day with no crashes. And uh, it doesn't have any stimulants or anything. And then the last part being a... The recovery portion of it, it just helps aid, and you know, from all the the, the stress you put on your body physically and mentally, it, it helps with that. So it's it really is a, a one of a kind uh, supplement. And I've always wanted to do a supplement line with like proteins, creatines, but you know that's so saturated and out there, and and I can't compete with that. So especially after my in- injury, we were I was taking a bunch of things like a basket full of stuff. And we said, let's just create my own. Let's go this route. And we worked on it for about ten months. And and my doctor is like a brilliant man, and he's like quadruple board certified. He's a he's an ER doctor. He owns multiple practices. And uh, so we went that route. And and man, I I was taking it for like three four months before my fight. And that's why I credit a lot of me getting back to practice. It it it, it I just can't reiterate how how powerful this thing is and it's for every demographic uh, and not even just athletes It's for like working professionals and things like that. So, so again, you can find that on com, and it's called mastermind.
0: That sounds really cool, man. For lack of a better analogy, it almost sounds like uh, like alpha brain on steroids.
3: Yeah, it's, it's potent. Like one of the things was, you know, a lot of supplements will put, you know, a little bit of ingredients into things and uh, you know, they're just hoping to get a huge return on it we put a lot of expensive ingredients and people when they look at what's in there they'll be like they're amazed like a lot of people are like wow this is an awesome supplement because the whole thing is want to truly help people plus if people start taking it they will feel the effects of it and they'll feel it and so that's why you feel great and then with that they'll continue to purchase it you know instead of just having people buy it one time like this is crap and then you know that's it. So right. we, we put a lot of time and effort into this, and uh yeah, it's it's amazing. And not just being biased, you know, but it's we made it for me, and then for everybody as well. So yeah, you got to check that out.
0: Awesome. So that's on the website joshemmett.com. Yes. Awesome. Very good. All right. Listen, man. Always a pleasure to speak with you, Josh. I'm looking forward to uh, what this year has in store for you, my friend. Uh, and, uh, we'll, we'll, chat after. I got a few more interviews to do today, but let's chat after. I'm sure we'd be more than happy to, uh, help you promote the, this new supplement line you've got out.
3: Awesome. I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, absolutely, man. So we'll catch up again once another fight gets announced or sometime in the future. Uh, again, greatly appreciate the time and enjoy your day, brother.
3: All right. Take care, Jason.
0: All right. Take it easy, bud. Bye. Later. Always a pleasure to speak with Josh. One hell of a statement he made in his UFC return against Michael Johnson, that puts him right back in the mix, as you heard us discuss, and we'll see what's next for him on his march towards the title. But let's keep rolling. Our final guest for this episode, episode 114, also featured on UFC Ottawa, May 4th. You heard me say it before, UFC heavyweight super prospect, the Kraken, Juan Adams. Alright, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show, UFC Heavyweight Super Prospect and a man wise beyond his years, the undefeated Juan the Kraken Adams. Pleasure as always for uh to speak with you today, Juan. Thank you very much for taking the time. How are you doing, man?
2: I'm doing good, man. Just uh getting getting on track with the weight. Woke up at two eighty seven after uh food and everything. I'm two ninety after jujitsu tonight. Should go to bed around two eighty seven, and uh, hopefully I'll wake up at that again. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, you certainly are a a massive imposing individual. That's something I wanted to get to here in a moment, but I saw you had a little visit from you uh, on April Fools.
2: Yeah, man, I was the worst prank ever because uh, it wasn't a prank. Uh, they did blood and urine, and that's just not a good way to wake up getting pranked. <laughs> right. I gotta, I gotta do my blood work tomorrow for uh, for Ottawa also. So it's just been a lot to needle lately.
0: <laughs> now, be, being the size you are and carrying that power, do you expect to be, like, one of the most heavily tested athletes in the UFC?
2: I honestly didn't expect it because if you look at me, like, it doesn't look like I'm on steroids. Um, you know, most people on that have other symptoms, you know, or they have secondary and tertiary physical traits, um, right. they start to develop from that. And I don't have any of that. I'm just big, you know, I don't have any acne on my back. I don't have, uh, you know, i don't have gynecomastia none of that stuff. So it, it is, uh, a bit surprising for me because in the, just in UFC sanctioned things alone, I've been tested eight times, uh, since signing, uh, even, you know, I got tested for my contender series, right? Um, you know, every every organization I've been with has tested me. So when I was fa- signed for LFA for my pro debut, I got tested, uh, and um, I got tested at Milwaukee. Um, I got in last year. I was only in the UFC for four months, and I got tested four times. So uh, it was just crazy because, like, literally two weeks beforehand, I had just gotten tested again. So it's uh it's crazy but I saw somewhere Yoel Romero got tested like 17 times in 2018 so I'll just be ready for that make sure my uh make sure I update my location I'm going on a cruise sometime after this fight so hopefully uh I, I just hope they don't send anyone on the cruise ship for me <laughs> yeah, I
0: was just, I was just about to say there'll, there'll be some USADA agent on the cruise ship catching you in between buffets <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of size, man, you said you're walking around at, what, 290 right now? Yep, yep. How much weight are you planning to cut for fight week, and and, and what do you expect to walk into the cage at?
2: Uh, So, usually I walk around about 305, um, 305 to 315. This camp I did a little differently. I started walking around at 295. Uh, I've been 290 for the last three or four weeks, Um, 293 three weeks ago, and we're just slowly getting it down. So the goal is to be walking around at 283 uh, by April 13th, and I'll probably show up fight week. I usually show up anywhere uh, between 275 and 280. I get my water cut out of the way. We like to get – we start our water cut usually no heavier than 282, and so I'll probably refuel back up to – I think I, last fight I walked in the cage at 283. I'll probably get in there between 280 and 285 uh, this time. You know, we've refueled up to... There's been times I walked back in the cage at 300. Uh, yeah. uh, i walked in as low as 275 and as heavy as 300. It just really depends on how we refuel um, since... My pro debut, I don't think I've ever walked in the cage heavier than 293 so that's what we're trying to keep it at.
0: Now obviously obviously you've got the science and the coaching behind you, but is it a struggle to make 265?
2: Yeah, I mean it, it's tough. Um, especially since we don't like to fight below 14% body fat, um, you know, just have a, a little little protection there from some of those power blows. We, uh, it's hard, it's definitely hard, it requires a lot of discipline on my part to get down there, but, you know, I I train so hard, it it simply comes down to calorie restriction and and sticking to the diet that I'm given.
0: Right. Now, like I said, man, you, sir, are a large and imposing individual, and it's crazy to think that your nickname comes from a love of rum and not your size.
2: <laughs> it was a combination of the two. Uh, once, uh, but uh, the rum is definitely where I um, got the first inspiration. And then it just kind of stuck once people started looking up the Kraken and all that. Uh, they said it, it was perfect.
0: <laughs> right. I, I, I just remember the last time we spoke, that was something I took away. I found that very interesting and, and funny at the same time. So you're looking to make it 2-0 in the UFC coming up on May 4th in Ottawa. How ha- How happy are you with this matchup? And give us your thoughts on your opponent.
2: You know, I'm, I'm extremely happy with the matchup. Anytime I can walk in there against a guy that's, you know, physically this much uh, smaller and weaker than I am, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. You know, I I think he's a good opponent. He's definitely game. He's tough. He's crafty. And uh, I have to respect him. The other man is 8-1. So, you know, there's gonna be some respect that comes along with that, but I just don't think he matches up well with me anywhere. Um, you know, you can go to just a physical standpoint. I've got a six-inch reach advantage, a five-inch height advantage, eight inches leg reach av- leg reach advantage, uh, and forty-pound weight advantage when I step into the cage. So that alone, this uh, like would dispel a lot of doubt. <laughs> And uh, furthermore, you know, you compare the the striking. I mean, if you look at the numbers, he's absorbed eighty-eight strikes over his last three fights, and in my last fight, just from head strikes alone, I landed a hundred before two rounds was up. So uh, I think I bring a pace that he's never seen before, uh, for sure, in the striking aspect. And wrestling, you know, I was Division One. He wrestled NAIA. They he was a alternate for the canadian olympic team but no canadians have ever placed at uh, the olympics All in right. wrestling that i can remember anyway so i think there's five real heavyweights in canada uh trying to <laughs> wrestle so i'm not even i'm not super concerned about it and jiu-jitsu um you know my last two opponents were higher level jiu-jitsu than he is and that didn't bode well for them so I'm I'm very pleased with the matchup. I'm happy that, you know, we talk about things in terms of career development. And, you know, each fight needs to present an opportunity that you haven't had before. Well, this fight represents the opportunity for me to go into someone else's hometown, you know, be the bad guy, uh, fight in a foreign country, you know. And that's all positives for me because I'm going to have to do it at some point in my career anyway and sooner rather than later get used to it.
0: Absolutely, man. And that, that's something that's I've always been curious about in regards to, to a guy like yourself when you talk about career development. Um, I, th- that, I guess that's something we should touch on in a little bit here. But last time we spoke, what I came away with from our conversation, obviously, like I said earlier, that I found it very funny where your nickname came from, but that you're wise beyond your years as a prospect, as a young prospect, and that you're incredibly confident. And that confidence, of course, coming from your abilities as an athlete that being said, are you at all bored at the idea of these prospect matchups against, like, relatively unknown guys? And I mean, no disrespect to your opponent, of course, but I feel like you want the top 10 right now. Is that accurate?
2: Uh, so yes and no. You know, I the, here's my thing with the top 10. I definitely want top 10. I don't necessarily want top 5 right now, and... What I mean by that is there's a huge drop off in talent, uh, after number five in heavyweight, as far as I'm concerned. And that, and that was proven in the Curtis blades versus Justin Wallace fight. You know, I think that, yeah, the the top five or six are very good, very dangerous opponents. And after that, it's just, you know, names, they're not really exciting fighters and not real needle movers. And they all have definite weaknesses that have been exposed. And, um, they've been exposed and and utilized and i'm just not really super concerned with any of those guys right now i know that my path um isn't that i know that they're not putting me on a fast track right now
0: so i'm not
2: even going to ask for those fights um you know i can't even get a fight against greg hardy who's uh you know they they bring in greg hardy he's fighting on a co-main event, and now he's still on the main card against the guy that's 0-2 in the UFC, I just think it's a little bit ridiculous. So, until I build up a better following, or get, you know, more Twitter followers, I guess, I'm not going to get those fights. Uh, I'm perfectly fine with taking out all the other prospects because the division is aging. The top of the division is getting older, and I'd rather, you know, fight all the other recently signed guys now because those are easy fights, and then Later on in my career, you know, in the next two or three years, I think a lot of the upper guys in the division are going to be retiring. And, you know, if I've already beaten all of my contemporaries, all the other prospects, I've established myself as the top of that heat. And if those guys want to rematch, they're going to have to work for it. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I just want to fight. I do ultimately want to fight everyone. I don't think anyone uh, below the top five really presents a challenge for me. So... I'm, uh, I'm game for whatever.
0: But it sounds to me like you are content to not be on that fast track, kind of build things up slowly. And, and like you're saying, unfortunately, it does have a lot to do with Twitter followers and all that, but you're content to, to build that fan base to get to where you need to be. Exactly. Now, someone I've noticed you made a target of that you that you just mentioned there for quite some time now is Greg Hardy. Aside from the obvious reasons of the domestic violence history and all that stuff – What made you target him? Is it strictly that he's getting the push and you are not, or what was the reason behind it?
2: That's part of it. There's very few guys that I legitimately just don't like in in the UFC. He's one of them, and, um, you know, Justin Willis is the other. I just don't like those guys. Um, I don't think they're particularly good humans, so... (laughs) There's that aspect of it. But also, yeah, you know, Greg Hardy seems to be getting a push and seems to be getting promoted, and I'm not. And it just doesn't make any sense to me because, you know, after my contender series won, I was trending top 10 on Twitter worldwide. And now I go out there and, you know, I can't, I have to beg for a fight for months to even get them to, to send me over an offer for a fight. And Greg Hardy, here he is, he fought after me and got booked for another fight before me and it's still in a better booking, better position on the card than what I'm getting and it seems they're making all these accommodations for him. They thought he was going to go in there and and beat up on um, I don't even know the guy's name, uh, his his last opponent (laughs) and he got disqualified he couldn't even lose the right way he got exposed in that fight so they go and they sign a guy that's they cut from the organization. doing went 0-2, and they're re-signing him because they're hoping Greg Hardy beats him. I mean, I think that's it's sad. It's transparent. and I just don't think it's very um, – I just don't think it's smart to, you know, market it behind a guy that's pol- that is that polarizing. Um, you see, Conor McGregor made the company a lot of money, but he's in a lot of heat right now, and people are getting tired of those antics. And as time goes on, this stuff isn't going to work as well. It's better to invest in actual talent. I, that's my thing. I don't think Greg Hardy is talented. I don't think he's a good fighter. He's been fed cans his entire career. And, you know, it's just kind of a joke to the sport and it delegitimizes what all of the other fighters are working so hard to do.
0: Yeah, and I think that's, that's always been an ongoing issue in this business, right? The fact that money rules the game and the world for that matter. And you see guys that, like you said, might be a little polarizing. Get that push when, in reality, they're very much undeserving of it.
2: Exactly, you know. And it, it'd be one thing if you know at least Connor backed it up. You know, he went out there and he beat a lot of guys. Uh, Greg Hardy, like, couldn't even beat his first guy. You know, that's right. That's a like. And you know, the guys he was fighting beforehand. You know, you look at his opponents before his last guy. They're all six one, six foot, six foot. One of them's 280, the other 240. I mean, those guys aren't real athletes. They're not real fighters. And you look at all the records of his last opponents, I don't think any of them have won since fighting him. Uh, you look at my opponents, a lot of guys that I fight don't even fight after fighting me. They, they, they get enough of it. They don't want to do it anymore. Um, so I just think there's a, there's a, a clear difference. I'm clearly the better fighter yet. They choose to market him, and I get it. Money rules, viewers rule. You want to get guys to, to buy tickets, but on the other hand, if you market people correctly and you build them up, it's you're going to get the same result, and it's a lasting product as opposed to a quick hit.
0: Right, and I think that you make an, an excellent point there. I think that's been one of the, the, the key components of this being such a big issue is that they're after the quick buck rather than the long-term investment.
2: Yeah, exactly, and um, you know, but again, it's not my company, so right. I can, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm happy to have a job. Where I'm getting here. I'm getting paid. Uh, him fighting doesn't truly affect my money. It just, it just bothers me. And at that point, at this rate, like I wanted to fight him. I wanted to fight him. I asked to fight him in LFA. They wouldn't make the fight. I wanted to fight him on Contender Series. They wouldn't make the fight, and. <laughs> Then uh, I even offered to, you know, be the uh, his UFC debut and they wouldn't make that fight. So it's, it's clear that they're protecting him and it's just like, for what? You know, if you really think this guy's got what it takes to be a champion someday, you're going to have to give him legitimate competition at some point.
0: Now, obviously this leaves a bad taste in your mouth, but, but don't you think that the UFC's going to begin pushing you as well with like a couple more wins? Or this is a matter of it should be being done now? from your perspective, just based on you being a true fighter and athlete?
2: I don't think it should be. I'm not saying it needs to be me right now, but it, it just shouldn't be him. That's my
0: issue. Right, and right, okay. The,
2: you know, I do think that with a, with a couple more wins, they might push me. You know, you never know. You look at my numbers, you know. No other heavyweight keeps the pace. I do. I think I'm landing 9.3 significant strikes per minute. Uh, my significant strike differential is plus, uh, point. Uh, 6.3 so it's uh on my fight card i had the at a higher the highest striking differential on the card i was tied with edson barboza who's uh widely regarded as one of the top strikers in the ufc and
0: and so half I your mean, size
2: uh, yeah and he's half my size so it's, it's easy to market me i just feel like it's laziness and at the end of the day, you know, my fights will do the talking, uh, you know, I'm building fans the right way, I'm doing it the right way, I'm not having to put on a persona or a facade to make people like me, I'm, I'm being legitimately me, like Greg Hardy, they won't even, they don't they hardly even let him do interviews, you know, so, right. it's, it's just ridiculous, um, but you know, it'll all come to light sooner or later, and Things will be made right. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll be where I'm supposed to be sooner rather than later. So uh, I'm just kind of enjoying that, you know, I made it here as quickly as I did. Uh, you know, my amateur debut was September of 2016. And less than three years, well, less than, uh, yeah, a little over two years later, I made my UFC debut. So I'm, I'm happy, man. I'm uh, You know, his path doesn't really affect me all that much. Other people's paths don't really affect me. Uh, if it gets to a point where, you know, I'm not getting paid because of Greg Hardy, then I'll have more of an issue with it. Right now, it's just, um, it just doesn't seem intelligent to me. But right. they got to do what they got to do.
0: No, I hear you, man. I hear you. And you make a great point there. I mean, for me, I'm I'm fascinated by all kinds of promotion. And, you know, whether a guy has a gimmick of being a bad guy or whatever the case is, but... The one I appreciate most is the exact one that you're talking about, and that's the organic building of a fan base. So I, I, appre- I appreciate where you're coming from there. But with all that being said, I know I know you're saying that, that you've offered to fight him several times, but it seems to me like a fight between you and Greg Hardy that that has to happen, right?
2: Yeah, uh, I think it does have to happen sooner or later. But again, you know, after this fight, uh, knock on wood, I'll be 2-0. and oh him best case scenario, he's one in one uh, against a, a bum, you know, he, he's fighting a guy that's not good. Whereas I'm fighting a guy that's eight and one, uh, in his home country. So my performances have definitely been, uh, been more noteworthy than his, uh, I fought higher level of opponents than he has. I firmly believe that any of my last three opponents would wash Greg Hardy. So, uh, it, it, it's just funny to me. And, um, uh, but I don't think – I think if he loses this fight, he'll never fight me. If he wins this fight, it's not a fight we're asking for anymore because they've made it pretty clear that they're not going to make it happen.
0: True, but I'm sure at the same time, if his name crossed your desk on a contract, you'd sign pretty quick.
2: Oh, yeah. You know, um, I, that's exactly where I'm at. Whoever – like I said, anytime they send me a contract, it's signed and sent back within 15 minutes.
0: Right. Well, that, that that speaks to your hunger, and that also. Spe- and I know you were saying it earlier that you're having trouble getting fights. That also lends itself to the fact that people see who you are, that you're a very high risk opponent, and you know a lot of guys don't want to get their asses kicked by a big giant kraken. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, aside from Hardy, and, and not looking past uh, Arjan at all, who else might the Kraken be targeting for his next opponent after this fight in Ottawa?
2: Um. You know, I, I really haven't thought about it all that much. Uh, we're gonna look at the guys that you know, other contender series winners, uh, some of the guys from um, that won on the Ultimate Fighter. I think there were some guys from Contender Series Brazil that would make a, a really good fight for me. Uh, I always thought Junior Albini would just be a fun fight because he's 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 pretty good everywhere. He's not uh, he's not a bad fighter by any stretch of the imagination. So that would be just be a fun fight. Um, that that that's pretty much what we're looking at other contender series winners or a guy maybe from the ultimate fighter but we're looking at other young prospects and uh that's who we want to take out we want to establish ourselves as, as the best
0: yeah you mentioned that earlier take out all the prospects now and not have to deal with them later or make them earn their way to that shot against you but what do you make of the state of the division right now i know you said that the top five is aging seems like your friend curtis blades is, is soon to be the champion
2: yeah, uh, Curtis is kind of the exception to that to that statement. And um, honestly, I'd, I'd like to see Curtis the champ sooner rather than later. Um, he did just come off of a win over another top 10 guy. Uh, the other top guys were kind of all tied up. He's already beaten over him. Uh, he recently fought Francis. but And Derek Lewis is out for a while with surgery. But I think uh, Curtis versus a Stipe, Curtis versus a um Cormier, Curtis versus the junior Dos Santos are all great matchups. And so, you know, that top that top five or six is, is really impressive. Um and we just gotta see where they go. Uh, I I'm really interested to see where J D S and then Ganu how that one turns out. I feel like the winner of that definitely deserves a title shot or a title eliminator fight with Steve and then they get a title fight afterwards. But um yeah, Cormier's already stated he's retiring soon, so I don't really think of him. There's no way I'm gonna fight Daniel Cormier. Like they're not right. gonna
0: get... Yeah, chances are it's gonna just be Brock and then and then D C rides off into the sunset with a big fat paycheck, so
2: Yeah, that's uh that's what everyone's thinking. So, you know, once he's uh, off he'll probably do another title fight and I think within Two years, by the time I'm mentioning those top five arguments, uh, the landscape will look very different. Uh, I feel like the guys that are currently, you know, 6 to 10 or uh, 6 to 12 will kind of replace the current top five. and Then we'll just go from there. I'll probably be, you know, ranked top 10 by that point. And uh, at that point, I'll see who's ranked where, who's available, and I'll fight whoever's ready
0: right, the natural progression of things there is, is what you're talking about, the new replenishing the old. But in regards to Curtis, obviously you guys are close. You're from the same management team. Assuming he's champion, that that puts a little dampener on things, uh, you know, in regards to your hunt for the title as well.
2: Uh, yeah, it does. And um, at that point, um, well, it's kind of one of those bridges we cross when we get to it. Uh, if yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the only way Curtis and I would fight is, uh, is for a title shot. Um, we're pretty good friends. We're pretty close. But in the end of the day, you know, both of us are making a living, and this is our job. So you don't, you know, you don't work, you don't eat. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, if,
0: and we've seen it before, guys. We'll put things aside, the friendship aside, strictly to go after a title. So that that's not unreasonable, I don't think.
2: Exactly, and the other thing also is you know. Curtis and I, we don't, we're not disrespectful towards each other. We're not disrespectful towards opponents unless they, they earn it. So, uh, it would be, it will be fun, man. We, we could have a lot of fun marketing that we'd have fun, you know, with the build up to that. And it'd be one of those things that we're both really enjoying the experience rather than, uh, you know, a Khabib Conner type deal.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Now things can move pretty quickly at heavyweight as we've seen in recent years. I know you've mentioned, uh, you know, being content with with growing slowly and uh, not looking too far ahead. But how long, in your opinion, before you're in title contention, or is are you even looking that far ahead at this point? Are you saying about maybe two years?
2: Yeah, I think two and a half, uh, three years tops. Um, just by the natural progression of things. I like I've said before. Um, I'm hoping to have in two years at least six, six or seven fights, preferably eight under my belt in that time. Um, but it also is one of those things, you know, my, my management team and my people around me says, tell me to kind of enjoy the process, stop being in such a hurry. I'm only 27 years old, and, you know, in my division guys fight till they're 40. So uh, I, I really never thought of it like that. I just you know I wanted to get, you know, get a lot of fights, get them quick. And then once I've kind of reached the... Uh, the point where i want to be in life uh then then i'll take it slow and start picking them smarter but i just like to fight man i, I love it i love this
0: <laughs> yeah man it's it, it's a beautiful thing uh it sounds to me like at heart you truly are a martial artist and you embrace that uh on a daily basis is that accurate
2: yeah yeah man i mean i train every day i'm training something every day um you know, I'm always doing something to either improve my craft or improve my body's ability to perform that craft.
0: Right. So, uh, again, I mean, I, I guess I would kind of agree with them. I, enjoy the ride. But at the same time, like you're saying, I mean, come on. Got to make those big paydays sometime as well.
2: <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm completely fine with fight, you know all the top 10 guys uh, when that time comes you know I'll go one by one up the ranking list I I really don't care I just I'm ready to fight and uh ready to get paid
0: exactly and it makes it difficult when guys don't want to sign that contract but hopefully hopefully that changes I'd imagine it won't as you continue to look better and better and keep finishing guys but that'll be remain uh remain to be seen assuming you come out injury free on May 4th what's the timetable for your next appearance any date or venue in mind
2: uh, no date, no venue of mind. I definitely would like to fight again by September. And then, uh, preferably, um, actually late, late August, I'd like to fight again. And then hopefully one more time before the end of the year. Um, I would love for there to be a fight in Houston, Toyota Center. And I could easily, you know, with there's so many Houston area people on the UFC roster right now, we could easily sell it out. Um, I think that'd be a great move.
0: That would be fantastic, man. I see you're already thinking ahead, well ahead here. Um, I know you said four would be ideal, but you're sticking to three, three fights a year, that that would be good for you for 2019.
2: Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. I mean, you I gotta think, uh, it'll be May by the time I get my first fight. I was kind of hoping to fight in March, and then again in March, June, September, December was uh, what I wanted, but... Uh, what I want clearly isn't uh, what the company wants.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, man. Twenty nineteen is certainly looking like it's going to be the year of the Kraken. Um, listen, Juan, you've been more than generous with your time; greatly appreciated. In conclusion, man, tell us all how you visualize this fight playing out on May fourth in Ottawa, and let everybody know why this is a fight that they don't want to miss. Download that ESPN app.
2: Uh. Well, obviously, I've, this isn't a fight you want to miss because you've got a behemoth going against a lesser man, and it's going to be over in the second round. So, don't don't tune out. None of my fights are boring. None of them go the distance. They're all action packed from beginning to end, and you're going to see, you know, a, a freak athlete go nonstop for until the other guy can't take anymore.
0: Well, we're certainly looking forward to the fight and all the future has in store. As I said at the top of the show, you are. A super prospect, to say the least, my friend. Any shout-outs or sponsor plugs before we let you go?
2: Uh, definitely. I'd like to give a huge shout-out to my strength and conditioning guru as well as, you know, overall MMA game-playing guy, uh, Ryan Casey-Baker. You know, having a, a coach like that that knows all the strength and conditioning, knows the martial arts and has competed in the martial arts, is super beneficial uh, he's always thinking about prime performance in every aspect, so he definitely helps me maintain a high level. And then my my sponsors, Rhino Pro Truck Bed Liners, uh, my big sponsor, we're looking to drop a clothing line pretty soon, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, FlemingAttorneys.com, uh, they've been with me since my LFA days, and uh, just give a huge shout out to them.
0: All right, real quick, I remember commenting on Rhino Liners being an awesome sponsor, but... What did you, you – you're going to couple that with a clothing line somehow? Did I hear that right? Yeah,
2: yeah. So, they've got a couple designs and some clothing. I, I dropped some dropped some of the previews on my Instagram. They've already made, uh, you know, a bunch of workout T-shirts, shorts, sweaters, uh, hoodies, and T-shirts for me. Um, they I put it out there to see if the fans would want some, and we got a pretty good response. So, they're starting production on that stuff right now just uh, – Juan Adams team cracking stuff.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm 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 fascinated by this. Are are they incorporating that material into the clothing?
2: Uh no, no, they're not using rhino, rhino pro linings in the clothing. Okay, all right, okay, like all their right. Logos <laughs> on. But it's great material, super durable. Um, you know, I actually work out in some of it. I did a photo shoot for one of the gyms I trained at in my Rhino Pro stuff. So that should be dropping pretty soon too.
0: Awesome! All right, Juan. Uh, again, greatly appreciate the time. Always a pleasure, man. Hopefully, we can catch up again soon. Uh, you have a great evening and a fantastic training camp. But before we let you go, uh, let everybody know where they can find you on social media.
2: Uh, Twitter and Instagram. It's chosen Juan two eighty five. Chosen Juan, not two eighty five. And Facebook is Juan the Kraken Adams.
0: Awesome. All right, Juan, looking forward to uh, May 4th, man. May the 4th be with you on that day, and we'll catch up again soon, my friend. For sure, man. Have a good one. All right, you too, buddy. Now, the first time we had Juan on the show, I talked about the confidence that, that he was just oozing, for lack of a better word. As he continues to progress in his career, that confidence is only going to build, and as you heard him talk about, Finding someone to match his athleticism, his size, his power, his technique. He truly is a super prospect. So keep your eyes out. Make sure you guys watch his fight. May 4th, UFC Ottawa on ESPN+. The future is very bright for the Kraken Juan Adams. But that's it for us, folks. BJPenn.com, Radio the Fighter's Voice. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. Make sure you guys follow us on social media. The website, BJPenn.com facebook twitter instagram and now that BJPen.com radio is back on itunes and everywhere that you find your podcasts make sure you guys hit that subscribe button we greatly appreciate it for everything you crave from the sport you love the mixed martial arts the breaking news the viral videos tons of exclusive content BJPen.com. we have got you covered guys on behalf of the whole team i'm your host jay kinch until next time my friends We'll catch you on the flip side. Peace out, everybody.